The following is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Sweeping ruling that overturned a half a century of precedence, five justices ended the right of American women to choose abortion under the Constitution. The court upheld Mississippi's ban on abortions after 15 weeks by a 6-3 to three vote, and five of those justices went even farther, voting to overturn Roe v. Wade itself. Today's opinion is nearly identical to the draft that leaked from the court last month. Justice Samuel Alito rejecting the 1973 landmark ruling in Roe, scorning the idea that the Constitution protects a right to choose abortion. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Taking Chances podcast. As you can see, today it's just me, Brunette. There's no Justin, there's no Quentin, but that's because today is a very special episode for ladies only. And so today I'm going to have two beautiful women joining me as guests, as co-hosts. And um, we're going to talk about protecting Black women and protecting women overall and just what does that look like from our perspective and just to give you guys a little bit of background about how this episode came about um, as a result of the overturning of Roe v Wade which took place on June 24th of this year um, we kind of felt the need we meaning the co-host we felt the need to kind of address this but we wanted to do it in a way where we had different perspectives that would come to the table so we felt that we would talk about it from the women's perspective. We would also talk about it from the men's perspective and even have a medical perspective. But today I'm going to bring in, like I said, two lovely ladies. One you've already met before. So let me pull her in. <laughs> but we have Jasmine, which you guys probably remember from being on season three's episode one, Black Love with Vlad, where we discussed what black love is, what love is, healthy relationships. And so if you watched that episode, you would know that Jasmine is one of my closest friends from law school. And she's also an attorney like me. She practices currently in South Carolina doing title insurance law. And so, yeah, we're happy to have you back, Jazz. Welcome back. Thanks, we're excited to be back. And then we're going to bring on Alexis. Welcome, welcome. So for those of you who don't know, Alexis is actually my line sister. So if you don't know, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, but I think I might have mentioned that before. And so Alexis and I both went to the University of Bridgeport together. In her day, in her day job, or one of many day jobs, I should say, <laughs> she's a school counselor. She was raised, born and raised in Harlem. New York, and she has both her bachelor's degree, um, which was in business administration. And then she also has her master's in education for K through 12 school counseling. So Alexis holds a lot of different roles. I could go down. She has her own business published by Alexis. If you need resumes done, payment, like just, yeah, she's a wealth of knowledge and honestly, She's one of my closest friends for many, many reasons, but I will not get into all of that and bore you guys with that. You guys will see her later on in um, a multitude of other ways. But for now, I'm going to stop rambling. And I just wanted to kind of show you guys a text that I received on, it was June 24th. So I'm gonna pull it up on the screen. 
So I got this text from Justin, which is the co-host of Taking Chances, as y'all know. He sent me this. He said, sending you love today. And I wrote back, thank you, sending you love back. Like, I just, you know, thought he was just sharing love. But in reality, you know, he goes into saying, I appreciate it, but today isn't about me. You get all my love today. Just want you to know that I'm thinking about you today and will pray over you tonight. And what I came to realize was the reason why he was sending me this is because of what took place earlier that day with Roe being overturned and just kind of seeing how the country went in an uproar over women's rights, once again, kind of being put into the hands of the, the, the court system. And it's just like, when he sent that, I was like, wow, like it, it kind of, it hit a nerve for me because it's just like, I don't know what else can they do? Like what else can be possibly done to us at this point? It's kind of like what I was thinking. And I remember talking to Quentin and Justin and they were like, you know, we should, you should have an episode with the ladies, talk to them about how you feel about this. And at the time I was like, I'm not in a position to talk about anything. Like I felt so numb and I felt so weak. And so I'm kind of curious about like what you guys thought with respect to just all that took place with the case and just the women's rights overall. Like what, what do you guys think? Or what did you guys think when it happened? I just feel like it's really hurtful and unfortunate because I just kind of feel like we never could get a break. Like it's always something, something's always being taken away from us or um, resources are being limited and just making it harder for us to survive when this goes back for centuries, right? Of us just trying to always have to survive. It's like, can we live? Like, can we catch a break? And so it's just hurtful. And it's just kind of like, what's the motive? Like, why Like, why is this even a question? Why is this even something that you're questioning that's been a law for however many years? Like, why are we even questioning this? Why does it matter to you? And then it's a bunch of old white men, right? Making these decisions. It's like, what is it to you? It's always frustrating. That's how I felt frustrated. Ooh, I agree with you, Alexis. I think when it came out, I kind of was in shock, but I wasn't surprised by it because there was so much talk around how it was going to get overturned. You had that law clerk who gave out the, the decision early and whatnot. And I was like, that was crazy to me as an attorney. I was like, that kid's losing his job, but I thank you for doing this and putting everybody on notice. But it was frustrating in the sense that we are getting demoted back to second-class citizens. Like we kind of aren't being able to have that autonomy and control over decisions that we make over ourselves. And it's, you want to put the hands of our bodies into state legislatures who a lot of them don't even know how the female body works. There are so many things about the female body that even medical providers don't understand about us yet because we haven't been researched on and we haven't had those opportunities and whatnot, but they wanna force us to give birth and you're kind of like, okay, but there's so much that can go wrong in that birthing process. Yeah. You know, try, like even, even before that, trying to get pregnant, that is a huge process within itself. So now you're forced me to go through birth if something happens to me, if I'm raped or if I have an ectopic pregnancy or if, my body just physically can't carry a child to term. Like, I don't know. I was 
so sad and I kind of felt numb at the end of that day. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna shut my TV off, go do something else. Yeah, exactly. And you said it because that's how I felt numb, literally. And you brought up a good point, Jasmine, because the opinion did leak. And usually it's like, you know, when you think about leaking like an album, like you're usually hype, like, okay, cool. Like I can listen to the music earlier before it drops, but this was the worst leak we could have ever received because it just was a foreshadow of the doom to essentially come. And it's like, yes, it prepared us because we kind of were able to figure out and those who maybe were thinking about services or care, they kind of had the idea prior, but it's just like, it still wasn't good. And um, so the leak was in May and then, you know, we received the actual decision for uh, the case Dobbs v. Jackson's Women Health Organization uh, in June. But I just want to give, you know, for the listeners who aren't familiar with kind of like how the law works, a little bit of clarity. Uh, so the Constitution in Article 3, it establishes jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. And jurisdiction is just a fancy word to say, does this court have the legal ability to hear a case? Um, and the Supreme Court has both original jurisdiction, but it also has appellate jurisdiction. So original jurisdiction means like if a case gets tried before the court, so there might be cases, let's say between two or more states or like an ambassador and a public minister, that would be the way that the court, the Supreme Court of the United States has original jurisdiction. Appellate jurisdiction comes into hand where let's say there was a case argued by states or an entity like um, organizations and one of the parties aren't happy with their results. They have right to appeal the case. And so really the reason why this came back up again is because in 2018, Mississippi had passed a law which was called the Gestational Age Act, prohibiting all abortions with few exceptions after the 15 weeks gestational age. And Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is the only licensed abortion facility in Mississippi, um, one of the doctors filed a lawsuit in federal district court challenging the law and they requested uh, an emergency temporary restraining order. So after a hearing, the district court granted that order and then they proceeded to go on for litigation. Uh, basically just going through kind of fast forwarding, pretty much the court ruled that, um, you know, the Supreme Court prohibit states from banning abortions prior to viability because we had Roe already. And so the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit affirmed that. So the Supreme Court reviewed the case and then they finally ruled and said, well, the Constitution does not allow for a right to abortion. And basically they listed a whole bunch of cases that should have essentially never been ruled in the way that they said they should been. Um, so they said that Griswold versus Connecticut, which Nice. allows the right for contra contraception for married people. They said that's wrong. They said that Obergefell, which allows for same-sex marriage, is wrong. Um, they said that uh, Lawrence v. Texas, which allows for private consensual sexual relations, and a lot of other decisions are also, they were pretty much ruled wrong. And it's kind of concerning because people are saying, well, hey, um, so if you're saying now we lost the right to abortion, not only is that kind of messed up, but now there's a whole bunch of other cases that can potentially 
be overruled as well. So that's the scary part. But um, I just wanted to kind of go through the legal analysis because I know that that was something that was confusing for a lot of people. Like, how did the court just go ahead and bring, like, bring this back up again? Um, but there's been some interesting things that took place because one of the things that was deeply concerning to me, and I don't know if you guys heard about this, was the 10-year-old who got raped yep. in Ohio. Yep. And the pot, like a lot of senators, first of all, thought that the president was lying when he even like mentioned it. They were like, oh, this is false news. Like, there's mm -hmm. no way that this 10 year old got raped. But she was raped by a 27 year old man. And she actually had to travel from Ohio to Indiana because Ohio, right after this case got overruled, they um, passed the heartbeat law, mm -hmm. which prevented abortions. And so this young girl was pregnant for she was six weeks and three days pregnant um and she she yeah she had to travel to get the abortion now and interestingly i learned that you know a 10 year old when i mean i don't know like how your bodies were at that time but like most 10 year olds like if she would even have that baby she would have probably had to have a c-section because it just would have been too much it probably would have killed her to even carry that baby mm -hmm. um but it's also just like the emotional impacts as well. And it makes me wonder like, does this, does this country view women so much that we're just, we just carry people, like we just carry bodies, like we're a container for bodies that our actual health, our emotions, like none of that really matters. No, they don't care about us. And like, and I say that with all of the disrespect, like they don't. When you look at it, you think about just us as people, how we started in women's rights. When we started with black and brown bodies being seen as people, they didn't consider women people. You gave black men rights. They didn't even give white women rights at that point in time. No rights for them either. It wasn't until we had women's suffrage movement come in and that we get these amendments added to make women actual seen as people like you can actually go vote you can read you can get an education you can support yourself you don't have to be tied to a man to be considered a person and then as you fast forward you think about the problems that we're just having right now as women as black women as brown women that we're not even getting paid the same to the dollar as our male counterparts so it is a whole women's issue of Y'all's never saw us as people. You don't want to see us as people. You don't treat us the same as you treat our male counterparts. This is a problem. Like that is the whole problem is that from the inception of it, we were not considered as valuable. We were kind of seen as these machines to produce babies, to keep men happy and to spread our legs when our male counterparts want us to. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially it. You were, we were never seen as anything else to America. Yeah. So would yeah. you say that we're economical then? Like, like that's just kind of how we're viewed in this Like country. we're seen as like a business? I mean, I think a business would be regarded even higher. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, that's crazy. Because we're seen as pack mules just to, just to birth babies. Yeah. Wow. Which the concept of that is just even crazy to me because it's like if it wasn't for us, then you wouldn't be here. 
like Girl, yes. from like to a man like so it's just like how could you treat I just don't get like where does this come from like where does this mindset come from and why and how do you how do we break this like how do we um disallow this to continue to happen like what needs to be said or what needs to be done and it's kind of like we're at a standstill like it's never I don't know I, I don't foresee it getting any better and that's what makes it so like disheartening I agree with you, that was that was actually uh one of the questions that the guys were trying to figure out right like they wanted to know what is it that they can do to protect us or to support us in our fight um and it's one of those things where it's like honestly i don't even know like i really don't i don't know i don't really i just i would hope that people can become educated about some of the things that we have to go through because even when it comes to just like our bodies and just our hormones like even when it like you know there i just read today in scotland that they just passed a law basically making it so that you don't have to pay for any menstrual products. Like oh. all menstrual products are free. Oh, and you know how great that would be? I do know. You, I'm like, do people know that the average woman probably has over, let's say four to 500 periods in her lifetime while she's men menstruating? Like, you know how much money that is? Cause I'm like, you got the pink tax where you're buying tampons, pads, whatever. And it's not like you get an itty bitty cheap box of tampons. That thing is like $15. And you're just like, excuse me, I need this every month. You should be able to provide this to me for free. Yeah. But at the same time, Burnett, to answer your question, like in all honesty, how we deal with this is that I think we have to educate people. We have to start talking to men about what does the female body look like? Stop having these negative conversations about women when we're on our periods or when we're emotional or if we're upset with you and we're like yelling at you, frustrated with you, and we're disclosing that, that you think that I'm PMSing, that you think that I'm having this episode because of my hormones. It's no, my period has nothing to do with this. Yes, there are some cases where people during their menstruation time, like things can happen and like, they could have um, like hormonal imbalances and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like, that's not all women. It is some women, but not all of us. But like people need to stop talking like that. People need to stop thinking that women can just have babies right after they get married or right after they get their period and whatnot. Cause I cannot tell you the amount of times since being married I have been asked when my husband and I are going to have kids and I have to look at people and go, how do you not know I don't want to start my career? Like, I have this awesome degree, this amazing job. I want kids, but I don't want kids right now. Like, right now I do, like, yes, but that's also like, I've been married two years now. They were asking me this two years ago and I was like, sweet, I just passed the bar. Can I live a little? Can I enjoy my spouse a little bit? Can I like save my money? Cause it's expensive out here. You know, we're, we were in a whole pandemic, like, can you right. pump the brakes? Right. Right. But everybody wanted me to have a baby. And I was just like, no. And I was happy that my spouse didn't do that. But just, it's just those conversations. It's those narratives that people think that you get married, you have a kid, that you're 
15, 16 years old, you need to keep your legs closed or you can't wear this short skirt and whatnot because you're gonna have some man wanna come towards you and do sexual things with you. Why aren't you talking to this man about this? Why aren't you telling these, these young men that they need to stop looking at these young girls as sexual beings at 15, 16 years old when the girls are blatantly telling you that they're 15, 16 years old like stop pressuring them to do stuff. Stop, like stop asking them. Change your outfit. It like transforms into this whole rape culture, and we need to really, really push that out to say we need to start treating women and their bodies as their own person. They can do with it as they please. Just because they look sexy doesn't mean you can touch it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys this question because it just it came to me. You know, we are both, well, all three of us were entering our 30s soon and should have had some experiences when it comes to employers or like men. Has there ever been a space where you felt entirely comfortable, like this person or this, this job, like they really accept me and appreciate me for being a woman? Like... That you, that you could feel that level of understanding. Like it wasn't just the fluff. Like, yeah, we, you know, we appreciate everyone. We love everyone. But it's like, you could tell because they were sensitive to those things that you're talking about, Jasmine. Like, you know, um, mood swings or hormones or just like the recognizing that when it's not okay to say certain comments because it's just offensive. Have you guys been in those type of spaces um, in your lifetime so far? I can't say that I've had, and even as you ask that question, it just um, reminds me of an instance where I literally had a coworker who was pregnant and our employer was saying that they weren't going to pay her for maternity leave. So like they were gonna terminate her, like literally telling her this, and it's just like, how dare you? Like, what do you mean? And so it's funny you just mentioned that because that was one of the things that I had just looked up in New York. So yes, we have the Family Medical Leave Act, which does entitle you to parental leave, but that doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be paid. And that's Mm -hmm. like by law. Now, there are some employers where you may be entitled to maybe like four weeks of pay, but certainly not the full 12 weeks or whatever the amount of weeks, like you're not entitled to pay. And that brings up another issue because This is another reason why some women don't necessarily love the idea of having kids, especially if they don't have a supportive partner who can pick up the slack with Mm -hmm. them not being like with them being out of work for so long. Mm -hmm. You know what, too? I feel like women that don't want to have kids sometimes are frowned upon. Like, I feel like there's this idea of like every woman should just want to get married and have kids. And like, that's what we're here for. Because I once was in the States when I was just like, I don't really, like, having kids isn't going to make or break who I am as a woman. And I used to mm-hmm. always get, like, comments like, oh, that's selfish, or mm-hmm. um, you're here to reproduce, and just, like, though, and even from other women, hearing those kind of comments, and I just never really understood, like, why is that, like, it, why is it always made to seem like, like, that's our end all, be all, is having kids. Yeah. And if we don't want to do that, it's kind of like, like, does that make me less of a woman? Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny you actually say that because I was just speaking with my mom. She brought up Jeannie um, from The Real, mm-hmm. married to Jeezy now. Yeah. So prior to being married to Jeezy, she, she didn't want kids. Other guy, and she didn't want kids, like, at yeah. all. 
Mm-hmm. Now, my mother was saying sometimes it's just your experiences, your partner. You, It could just be very well that as a woman, you have not been around a man that makes you feel like you want to have a child. Oh, and you yeah. can with a whole nother man and he makes you, yeah, I feel secure. I feel completely comfortable to have a child. And that brings me to another thing that I have to like address here. So when I was speaking with Justin, he told me that one of the things that he's like heard guys say or he's heard someone say was a comment like oh women just try to weaponize men with kids and i said okay i mean i feel like that idea is a real specific tax bracket problem so i mean weaponize like i'm gonna explain so you know how there are some women who they will get pregnant and then they'll say they're not getting rid of the baby because they essentially okay they want that okay okay they want to be tied to that guy but that's usually because that man probably has money Mm -hmm. but i don't i wouldn't understand in a relationship Mm -hmm. That that too that too but i wouldn't understand like a woman knowingly just being like well yeah i'm gonna have this guy's kid knowing he doesn't have a job knowing that he's not like like knowing that he can't do it i mean prove me wrong that that happens happens. and i I don't knock the the woman for that because if she thinks she can do it on her own there are a lot of strong single women out there who are like i want my baby i'm gonna keep my baby you don't need to be in the picture i'm gonna do it myself and i commend them because they are stronger than me you know, yeah. there are a lot of single moms out there who I like, I look at them and I'm like, you need, like, let me pay for a vacation for you because you are literally God's gift to humanity right now. You hold it down three jobs, trying to go to school, taking care of your babies. Like, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Yeah. But there yeah. are women who literally sit there and who just, who are just like, they just want their kids. The people who try to trap them uh, here nor there, but to that, like to each their own, you know? So my thing is with the whole, the weaponizing, my thing with women that do do that, I don't understand the the concept behind having like irresponsible sex. Like, so how, she wouldn't be able to weaponize you if y'all was, if you was wrapping up, right? Cause you both, y'all both adults and y'all equally making a decision to have sex, right? And so we all know that if you have sex unprotected, and not on and even if it is protected sometimes you can have a kid and so but you put yourself in that type of predicament for that type of circumstance to happen if that makes sense um so i want to hear more like was there more to what justin said about so that was really that was the argument it was just that you know a lot of men sometimes they don't necessarily state their opinion because when it comes to women's rights or when it comes to like all of these um issues involving having children etc because they ultimately feel like well women a lot of times weaponize men or try to use children as leverage with men you know child support things of that nature so it's just kind of like they're on the fence like they don't want to go hard for us because it's like they know that there's that percent that exists i guess to my his point i'd be like you gotta know who you're sleeping with right why why are you sleeping with with anybody trust you know like i do not fault these women for keeping these people's kids because that is their business between that man and how they decided to have carry that that child but those two adults you chose to sleep with each other you chose to do this you knew this could potentially be a consequence of it like 
I'm not saying for you not to sleep with her or not to do whatever it is with her, but like, why don't you know this person better? Like, why don't you get to know them better? Ask yourself, can I deal with this person for another five minutes? Or do I have enough money to sit there and be like, to like to tell her before to be like, yo, I've been accidentally like busting you. You need to take a plan B. Or you need to have a conversation with me because this is the two of us. I don't want nothing to do with it. Like, I think people need to have more adult conversations about what like their partners are sleeping with. Mm. You know, like, be real with them. Be like, I don't want kids. Or like Alexa said, wrap it, wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, you guys both made a good point because it's like, at the end of the day, you know who you're laying down with. And so- Or don't. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. right. And so, I think that's what the problem in that situation. I feel like that's what the problem is. You're just sleeping with whoever, and that's your yeah. decision. That's your prerogative. Do your thing, but do understand the consequences that come with that, and don't use that as an excuse as to why you don't want to protect black women. That don't add up. Yeah, you don't want to protect us, but you want to fuck us. That's crazy, girl. Yes. So <laughs> one of you know one of the theories was when this case got overruled was that women should just stop having sex with men, and. If okay, we, we stop having sex with you. Are you going to actually let us stop having sex with you? Mm. Are you gonna start raping me? Are you are you gonna stop catcalling me while I walk down the street? Hello. See, like, am I gonna be in the club? Are you gonna put something in my drink and try to roofie me? Are you gonna be grabbing me all up on my butt while I'm trying to hang out with my friends? Like, if we're gonna stop having sex with them. That I doesn't mean, stop the problem. Exactly. Right. Rape is right. still a thing. In the yeah. 1800s, girls were still getting raped and their dresses were down to their ankles. So like, I don't see the, pro I, I don't think that's going to solve anything. Yeah. I mean, you are like, you hit it on the nose because at the end of the day, we as women can make that decision for sure. But let's not ignore the fact that sometimes the decision gets taken away from us against mm -hmm. our own will. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so like, you're, 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 it could even be like you're in a consensual relationship like i'm married and i love sleeping with my husband but like i would not want to deny him sex with me a because it's not like what we do but it's like if we got pregnant right now i would be ecstatic but if we had three kids or four kids and i was like yo i'm not trying to do this again I feel like that needs to be a conversation that him and I should be able to decide and make together and not have it be denied because of politics. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, a, it's like the adult should be able to make a decision. Essentially, the man's input, in my opinion, should be taken under advisement, but the woman should be able to make the decision ultimately because she's the one who's carrying it for 40 weeks. Yes. And it, it actually makes me wonder, like, you know, we talk about all of these things such as contraceptives and pregnancies and even terminations, but it's like, when it comes down to if a guy had to get a vasectomy for you, it's like, would they? Like, if the shoe was flipped, would you get a vasectomy? Because if you're saying, well, okay, let's say for example, they don't prefer to use condoms. And so they, they want to have sex and it's like, okay, now you keep having children nonstop. When, at what point is enough enough? I mean, yes, that will 
that depends on the partners. You guys have to have a conversation, but I'm just talking generally. I just wonder like, is this something that men address or talk about? I know I've heard about it on the Breakfast Club. It was something that Charlemagne and DJ Envy were speaking about and Envy said, I think if he hasn't already, he he may have gotten a vasectomy because he has like seven, eight kids with his wife. And <laughs> they have like six, but yeah. And he, so he was just like, I'm not ever going to put a condom on. Like, that's my wife. So, Listen, but he's like, I, I agree with him though. But he's like, I'll get a vasectomy because his wife is basically saying enough is enough. Like, I love mm. her. You know, I'll do it. And it's also something that, I mean, it's reversible. It can be reversed. Um, can be reversed, but they're very, very rare. And you have to find a really good urologist who's done them before. Mm-hmm. So but, it's like a 60-40 kind of thing, if it'll work yeah. or not. But it's an option, maybe, if that. But, you know, it just it's interesting to hear, like, listening to men and hear them say, like, whether they would or wouldn't. Um, I know Charlemagne also said that he he would he would do it for his wife, but it's just like it's interesting to kind of listen to that banter. Like, okay, would you do it? Would you not do it? Because everybody's so quick to tell us what to do with our bodies. So it's like now when we flip it on y'all, okay, what what do you have to say? So that that's something that also is an interesting. Like, I mean, didn't they have the male birth control and the men couldn't deal with the side effects of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it just, it it seems like we, I think your mother said it best, Jasmine. She was saying that men often can enjoy the benefits when it comes to sex, but they don't really have to bear the consequences of it. Because if you were to get pregnant or if you were to have, let's say, an STD or what have you, they can still walk away. Like you still have to deal with the possibility of the implications that sex brings to your body. Like whether you get a UTI, you know, whatever the case is, like as a woman, you still have to deal with that. And they kind of can just walk away, like not have to worry about it. That's what kind of makes it really unfair and unequal, you know. Especially having a kid like i can have a kid and you can just go about your business now i mean a woman could decide you know to give it up but the reality is is still have to carry it right for that amount of time like we can't just we don't have the luxury of just saying f this i'm out and that's like speaking to your point Burnett. yeah that is what makes it unequal and unfair mm-hmm. I mean, i'm also thinking about a lot of these women who have miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies and they have to get an abortion or like if you miscarry right. but there's still like tissue or whatever or like part of like it dies in you and you they have to like go in and take it out i you think know. that's technically an abortion too like those things have to be removed because it's the cane in your body like i, I just don't get it because like I'm thinking about it too from the perspective of you have these people in power making these decisions and I want to know how much research did they actually put into figuring out what do women like what are the possibilities that women can have when of like just trying to carry a baby to term like how many women do have ectopic pregnancies how many women do miscarry before they actually like carry to term you know 
Like how many women actually do receive abortions who aren't rape victims, who are in solid marriages or solid relationships. And they, the two of them, the man and the woman are the two partners decide that they just don't want to have a, have another kid because it's a financial decision for them. Like, you know, there's so many reasons why people get abortions. And I just think they think people are just out here spreading their legs, letting people hitting it raw for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder what is all the research that was put together when they decided to make certain decisions because, I mean, it's, it's, there's no even exceptions for it in some of these states. Like, there's not even like, okay, well, in this scenario, then it, it's fine, right? And it, some states are going so far as to possibly saying, well, if we do this, we're going to prosecute. Like, now that makes doctors criminals. It makes patients criminals for doing something that they may actually need to do, like you said, to stay alive or to just make sure that they're healthy. Because it's not always about, well, I just want to get rid of this baby. Sometimes it's literally like, like you said, if you miscarry or that something went wrong, like it's so much broader than this narrow idea of, well, we just don't want kids or we don't want to go through with the pregnancy. Like it's broader than that. And that's the scary part about it. I want to know, can I attach a life assurance policy to my fetus? Because if I can, girl, and that baby dies, I will I will go to that insurance company to pay out. You, you just brought up a good point. Because that would be the biggest thing. I mean, if you're considering it a human being, then yeah, you should be able to take out like a policy on it. Mm-hmm. I was like a policy. I want to attach child support. I want to have it claimed as a dependent on my taxes. Like Hello. I want all the benefits that it comes out when it comes out of me. Like I want them attached from the second I find out I'm pregnant. And see, that reminds me, that reminds me of the case in Texas where um, it was Brandy Batone. She was driving in the HOV lane. She got stopped by the police officer and she told the officer, I'm pregnant. So it's two people in this car. It's me and it's my baby. And he was just like, nope, like the people have to be outside of the body. But if you're going to make a law that's saying that fetuses are considered to be babies, then no, I mean, considered to be people, then no, that's that's a person. That's a person. But she's actually still fighting that case. So that case is TBD to be determined. We'll figure out. Yeah, I think she should win too. She said she got a whole legal team. I've been following her Instagram. Um, I want to follow it. What's, right? What's her it? You got to send it to me. Guys, I just feel like she's that same energy. Like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Show me her Instagram. I want to follow her. I, I want she wins. Her at is um. It's the Brandy B R A D Y B O T T O N E Batone. But I'll send it to you guys off air. But that's just for anybody who's listening. If you wanted to go and check that out now. One of the things that I also think is really interesting is this idea that they always say like black women are at the forefront of every fight. Like we're at the forefront of the civil rights movement. Like we're at the forefront of a lot of different things, but who's really like, who's fighting for us? Like, do we even have champions? It's just us, right? It's just Mm -hmm. us. We're the ones. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's the idea of having to be a strong black woman. I don't want to be strong all the time. 
Why do I need strong? Why? Why I gotta be strong? Right? Preach. I wanna be soft and I wanna cry and I wanna have everybody else fix my problems for me. If I could have that, but I can't. And, and that, yeah, it's scary. Cause it's like, we don't get to be that. Like, as much as that would be amazing, I know a lot of people have been preaching about soft life and just stepping into a space where you don't have to be strong. The reality is that we do have to be strong and it, it sucks. It really sucks. Like, it does because like you are on autopilot and you just go 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 you you gotta fight for every everybody but yourself and then when it by the time you get to yourself you're like i'm i'm tired mm-hmm. i just do i have the energy to keep doing this and you muster it up but you just want to like you want five minutes just to be like yo can i just be a person yeah have either of you ever witnessed anyone give birth? No. Yeah, me either. No. I, I um I don't know. It's crazy. Like I was just listening to a few stories actually. Jasmine, I was hearing a story about you being born. Oh Lord. I, mean, <laughs> I don't just- think I know my birth story. I mean- All I know is that my mom held me in as long as she could because she wanted to have me born on the 14th yeah i mean women are really amazing like the fact that jasmine's mother was in class taking exams and began contracting and literally had to leave and just told her professor like i'm out and then well the thing was that so jasmine has two older siblings So they were at daycare that day and her mom had to pretty much get back to them, pick them up from daycare. But the problem is she was at school, which was in Binghamton, or sorry, in Syracuse. And then home was in Binghamton. And so she had to drive all the way back to Binghamton. But the thing that really is crazy is because her mother was in medical school, her professors would have kept her there, but she was adamant like, no, I can't stay. I have to go back to my children because Jasmine's father at the time was not even home. He was in Boston flying back. So that night, later that night, and it was, it just, it's crazy. Your mom was on the road for like over an hour driving and just like the contractions just keep getting worse and worse. She and, is so thug life. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know that. So I'm just like. Yeah, that's what I'm oh. saying. Like, she was like, she couldn't wait to see that welcome to Binghamton sign to just know that she made it back to be able to, like, get her other kids. She picked them up from daycare, brought them back home. She got the neighbors down the block to watch um, Jordan right. and Serena. And then literally after she got them she was able to call your dad left the message on the answering machine and she actually just went to the hospital she called a taxi the taxi drove her and she's literally in the back of the car like breathing like like every five minutes and so the guy's realizing like no this woman's about to give birth like she can't do this in like in the car (laughs) and it's just it's she's like by herself Like this I have is, no idea this, any of this. <laughs> when I found out, I'm like, women are amazing. Like you cannot tell me otherwise. The fact oh. that she was able to 
Like, so Jasmine was born at 11.55 p.m. Mm -hmm. So this story that I'm telling you was at least for at least like, from like three o'clock in the day, like hours have gone by before she was even born. But her mother was just like, thugging it out. Like, that's incredible. Like, it's just, it was just incredible. But I don't know. I just, I hear stories like that and I'm like, wow, like having a kid would be crazy. Like every time I hear stories, I'm like, it just sounds like a crazy experience. Like, but women do it. Like, women do it. It happens. Doctors also don't listen to women in, in in the birthing rooms. Like my best, one of my absolute best friends, she has two beautiful kids. Like, oh my God, these kids are stunning. Her last birth, she was kind of forced into a C-section. Mm. And she, she and I, I'm like, and I'm so proud of her husband and I love her husband to death. I'm, she was telling me the story and she goes, he had to sit there and basically scream at the doctors, yell at them and go, you're not listening to my wife. You're not listening to her pain. You're not listening to what she's saying to you. Right. Like she doesn't want to have a C-section. She ultimately had to have one, but the fact that he was sitting there and advocating for her while she was literally in labor, I was like, and he is a white man. I was like, the fact that he had to sit there and advocate for his black wife was like, to me was mind boggling. I was like, you're the doctor, you should know this. And from what she said, and I will probably butcher her story and I'm so sorry if I do, if she hears this, but essentially it was the doctor came in and was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna have a C-section and get you out in 45 minutes and she goes, no, I want to do a VBAT. Like, I want to have a vaginal birth. Like, I had a C-section on my first one. I want to give a, have a vaginal birth now. Like, what? Like, what the hell? Why are you forcing me into this thing? So it's one of those two where like doctors aren't really big big on listening to black women while they're giving birth. And then you have bro taking those rights away. So now you have women sitting here, and we're just like, oh my god. I'm, not, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Is it better for me to go to jail and have an abortion or should I be sitting here and be traumatized by the fact that I'm about to get cut open and basically have this surgery and not even get the choice of vaginally delivering my child? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It, it, it that- makes me scared to have kids. That part is what kills me too, because when I watch Aftershock on Hulu and seeing the two young black ladies who passed away um, after complications from their birth and they were, you know, had problems. And it's like you said, like people either don't think that you're serious when you say that you're experiencing problems or sometimes the husband not taking that role or that initiative to amplify their partner's voice to the doctor. Um, but it's a lot of things, and that's what really sucks about it because it's you can tell that the the healthcare industry, like a lot of these hospitals, you know, these students they're in residency, um, and they just want to cut you up, like they're just ready to do it, and it's cheaper for them to do a birth via cesarean versus vaginal. So why would they want to spend more money on you, like realistically? Um, I mean, that's why an insurance game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why the birthing centers like that is a whole new thing and element. I mean, there's so many alternative 
ways to have and carry, um, you know, like the doulas, they can come to your home and do it that way. Or uh, there's so many ways. Midwives, yep, yep. But I feel like we have to do our research. If that's something we want to do, we definitely have to do our research because otherwise it can it could be really crazy for us when we go through that process you know i'm more like what's next like how much more do i have to put on my plate do i have to deal with every day before i'm just like enough is enough like i need to i need to go flee the country go somewhere else <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, and it's so funny because I remember when I was in Charlotte, I was speaking with one of your friends, Jasmine, and I think they were telling me about um, like another country about how women can kind of take maternity leave for a longer period of time. Um, yeah, it's like three years where he's from. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, where are we? Like, this is crazy. We are the only country that doesn't have mandatory maternity leave. Like, and that's it's it's shocking to me because I sit there and I go, you want us to have these births? Like I know where I work right now, you get twelve weeks of maternity, and that's phenomenal. I was like, for for a male run company, amazing. But you think about it, I was like, if you have complications after your birth, they like in our handbook, there's a policy where they go, if you're having complications after your birth, please let us know so we can give you more time. And when your doctor gives you the clear that you can come back. Mm-hmm. We'll have you come back. But I had to sit there and think about it. I went, I work for a male company. And y'all do this? How progressive are you? There's no, I looked at my previous handbook from my prior job, female ran company, doesn't have the same policy. And I was like, huh, this is weird. Like why? And she was like, this is what the standard was. She goes, I, but she normally gave out four or five months of maternity leave. Mm. You knew, she was like, you need about four or five, maybe six months out before you should come back. So like, yeah, it counted itself out, but I was like, most places don't give you paid maternity leave. Like there was, there's people who work the 95, let's say you work fast food, you only get a few weeks before you have to come back and be on your feet all day. If Mm -hmm. you get that at all. Right. It's awful. I don't think they really care about people when they have give birth or you have people who give birth and they put them into the adoption centers or up for adoption. And you're just like, you're not taking care of these kids in the foster system either. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? That's a whole nother issue. I know. I could sit there for days and talk about that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I'm just curious. I want to pick you guys' brains. So... Yeah. There's a lot of things I think that overall we as women deal with, with respect to, yes, women's rights, um, of course, our bodies. But another issue that we kind of touched on was just like sexual harassment, maybe even discrimination. Um, and how does that maybe play a role in why we maybe feel helpless when it comes to some of these issues? The idea that like, I mean there's a chance that we're like, no one will believe us or like, we don't really have a say, like not, we won't be respected. Like how does that play a role with respect to like this fight that we are on, this battle, this journey, I guess? 
it kind of goes back to like just the idea of us talking about like who's gonna protect us right so it's like god forbid something happens to me and now nobody is believing me right and so that's leaving us to feel less protected right nobody's hearing me nobody's believing me nobody's looking out for me and so i think that's just another one of those things that we could think to have to fight for like with the whole um me too movement right all of these women coming out and saying that these things were done to them and it's a question of whether or not they're telling the truth and it's like how do you it's another one of those like I don't have the answer like what is the solution to that right how do we help these women to feel protect help us women to feel protected um and so I think it's just another one of it's just another instance to show that we aren't respected we aren't held to a high regard and we're oftentimes just overlooked mm-hmm. in all of our experiences yeah i think it plays into rape culture a lot of times too because you get people mm-hmm. who will sit there and be like you could say that oh i was raped i was molested i had some sexual harassment happen to me people will not you like in a group of 10 at least five of them will be like well what were you wearing did you want it? Were you flirting with him before? Did you tell him no? How many times? Like, did you actually mean no when you said no? Like, it's that. It's, you don't feel protected because you sit there and you go, nobody's gonna believe me if I say something. And when I do, if this man has power, cause normally it's a power construct when you have somebody um, in a situation like that. And, I don't, and it can be even minuscule power. Like very, very minute power that somebody has over you it could just be a physical thing too that they will sit there and be like oh but he's such a charming guy oh bob joe he would never do that to you he's so sweet he's never done that to me and you're just like just because he's never done it to you or nobody's spoken about this doesn't mean that it doesn't exist doesn't mean that it didn't happen to me don't disregard my story because you want to believe him for whatever reason it may be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they do try to shame the women normally. Yeah, that happens a lot. Um, you definitely see that happen a lot in ways that you don't necessarily see that happen with men, for sure. So I guess as we start to wrap up, one of the things that I would ask you all is, um, well, Jasmine, you're married. So what is something that you and your husband do to kind of like... I mean, he's a man, you're a woman. We know that it's a given, but how do you kind of help him through? I mean, you're in a totally different phase too, because you're also trying to have children right now. Mm-hmm. So, but like, how do you help him understand? I mean, he, he probably never will, he, but he's in the healthcare administration. You know? Yeah. But, but like, what can you do or what do you say? Like, what do you guys go like? research on your own like what do y'all do to kind of help understand honestly we talk a lot and by a lot is like i've been with him since i was 19 and from just like i said from the beginning of it explaining how my period works what the products i'm using why i switch products why i got off birth control like many many years ago why I'm doing things that I'm doing, why I take care of my body in certain ways and explaining the reasons like behind it because like the way that he does things is very different because we have different parts. It's kind of like just being that person to like sit there and tell him to be like, yo, this is how my body works. Like 
yes, I'm PMSing right now. No, I hear you, but I need you to like understand that I'm bleeding. Like getting him comfortable with my vagina, not just as like something for him to stick his dick in. Like I know that's so vulgar, but like getting like kind of doing that with him. And especially now that we're like, we've been having the kid talk and we are having the kid talk and we are actively trying to have children. It's talking to him about what I want in birth and talk honestly talking to my mom a lot too we have a lot of conversations with her about just like sexual health um what she does with her job and what it's gonna look like when I ultimately do give birth one day you know kind of just educating him and having those open conversations and telling him my thoughts and feelings but also being very honest when I don't know be like, you know what, I don't know, let's call my mom. Like, you know what, I don't know, let me go to ask my doctor the next time I see them. Something like that, because like, I don't have all the answers even though I am a woman, but just like giving him that reassurance and like understanding that like, it's like telling him like, it's okay to ask me a thousand and one questions because if you don't ask the questions, you're never gonna get the answer. And Lex, what about you? So when it comes to dating or just like talking to men, how do you go about that? Like when it comes to women's issues, is that something you feel comfortable with or is it something you try to withhold because it's kind of like private to you? But what's your take on it? Um, I feel like I haven't really been put in a position where I felt like it was something I had to speak on, so to speak, just because... I don't know, I feel like different, very different from Jasmine. Like, you know, I'm not like in a serious relationship. I'm not um, married or trying to have a child. So um, I do always make it clear, like, you know, like, yes, I am on birth control or yes, you do need to be a condom or things like that. Having those types of conversations just in terms of my own safety and, um, you know, making sure that there's no room for an incident like we were talking about earlier. I mean, things of course do happen, but just having those kind of honest conversations, I definitely feel comfortable having and expect that my preferences are respected in in that regard. Do you usually, and this is to both of you, um, do you usually initiate or do you find that it's like the person would um, like ask questions? Oh, initiate the questions? Yeah. I feel like men don't think about stuff like that unless you bring it up yeah I think it depends because like I feel like the best time to ask questions or to like bring it up is like if you're watching something Mm. like if you're watching a movie a tv show and you see something you're just like I don't like that and you just have the the guys just like wait why don't you like it you pause the show and you talk about it (laughs) I did that with with my husband a lot when we started dating because it just made it yeah because it just made it easier because you would like have the visual in front of you to be like I don't like that and you'd be like what do you mean why don't you like that and it would just spark a whole conversation that you would deep dive into and it's being like well here's what I think around consent here's what I think around this here's what I think about kids and how I want to raise them and how I want to parent them and how I don't want kids right now or I do want kids right now and it's like if you I feel like if there's information around you people and you like pose the question while it's like right in front of you it's a little less scary mm-hmm. and now that you say that I've definitely had situations like that where like I'm watching something and I'll be like oh I didn't like the way she did that or I don't like the way he handled that and it would turn into a conversation but I didn't think about it but that definitely happens and that does 
definitely make it easier to kind of talk about. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that it just kind of lightens, it breaks the ice in that regard. Cause it's not like you're bringing it up to attack or anything like that. It's just kind of like, this is just casual and everyone's comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm just expressing myself and I'm getting insight into what you think as well. So it makes it much lighter. Mm -hmm. um, so before we go, any takeaways, anything you learned from this episode that you didn't know or something that you guys may share or like have conversations about later on? I just think that it's important to have these conversations, right? As women, as black women, and even as um, black men, as they had the episode before this, just to share our experiences and educate one another on our experiences and just um, giving us that safe space to just kind of express how we feel about what is going on in the world and possibly brainstorm and come up with solutions on how we can um, kind of try to move forward or at least be there for one another as we continue this journey, right? Um, so I do appreciate you for having me on here. This was beautiful and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say one of my major takeaways was that from listening to the guys and doing this is that we all generally think the same, but I think we all don't know what we don't know. You know, it's like, there's a lot that like, we all are just like, yeah, we all agree with this, but we don't know what we need to do to like fix the issue. We don't know what we need to do to protect each other or how we support each other. And it's just like, there needs to be, like these conversations need to happen. People need to, express that it's like we just don't know what's going on like yeah we want women to have kids and whatnot but like explaining to them like how the body works how things work like how there's a wage gap between us how we we started off as property and became individuals and have our own rights and whatnot and like they're slowly getting rolled away so like i appreciate the conversation i'm so happy that we had it but like yeah i would say it's just more conversations people being honest with each other making sure you know who you're sleeping with like <laughs> definitely and i i mean i definitely want to get more educated because just even speaking with your mother jasmine there's a lot of things that i don't know when it comes to just having a child pregnancy and mm -hmm. i i need to do a lot more research um overall so i can be a better edu educated citizen um, but I, I want to thank you both for joining me today, a special guest on this episode. Uh, this was enlightening and it was great to have you guys. It's such a uncomfortable topic, but you guys made it comfortable and I appreciate your insights and your perspectives. So I know that this, you know, won't be the last time hopefully that you guys come back onto the Taking Chances podcast. But for now, we got to say bye. And for those who are watching, please be sure to comment, like, and subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.